0: Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers.
1: There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro.
0: Welcome back to Explore the Space and welcome to episode number 154. I am really happy with this episode with Dr. Umbarine Nahal. She is a three time LinkedIn top voice. She is a LinkedIn influencer. If you look at her LinkedIn profile, it's got a gold badge on it. My LinkedIn profile does not have a gold badge on it. And this is exactly why she's here. LinkedIn is one of those platforms in the world of social media that, at least for physicians, for people in healthcare, It didn't seem like we had unlocked the full potential of it. How are we supposed to use this platform that has a huge foothold in so many other industries? Dr. Nahal is a pediatrician. She is a physician leader. She is a LinkedIn expert. So... When we have the opportunity to speak with experts, we bring them on Explore the Space. This episode is awesome. We really do get to what we need to, I think, to help unlock the potential of this resource for us. There is a lot of good stuff there. It is very different than the other platforms that are out there. She does a great job of laying all that out, laying out how to get into it, what to look for, things to avoid. It's just fantastic. Before we get to the episode, I do want to invite all of you. If you are in the Bay Area on Friday, October 18th, please come to the first Explore the Space live show. It is a collaboration with the Nocturnus podcast. We are going to be at the Gray Area Theater on Friday, October 18th. Please get your tickets now. There are links in the show notes. It's going to be a really, really fun night. If you do come to the show, please come and say hello. We will do selfies. It's going to be great. I am really excited about that. I would love to see you all there please go to the link in the show notes and get your tickets. There are still a few tickets left. If you're enjoying explore the space, I would ask you please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to download your podcast. We're on all the major platforms. If you have the opportunity to take a couple of seconds and leave a rating and a review that really helps the show out. And it's a great thing to do for any podcast that you like explore the space or other shows that you're enjoying as well. Please feel free to email me anytime. Mark at explore I love to get input from people who are enjoying the show ideas, guests, feedback, content, whatever. You can also find me on social media. I'm on Instagram at Explore the Space Show, and I'm also very active on Twitter at ETS Show. I'm going to be getting more active on LinkedIn. You can find me there as well. Dr. Nahal does a really nice job of helping us, as I said, unlock the potential of LinkedIn. This is a fantastic episode. It's a really high yield conversation. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Without further ado, I'm Nahal. I'm um, welcome to Explore the Space.
1: Thank you. Great to be here.
0: We have an important topic to discuss because all that we need is more social media platforms to work on. I have asked you to come on because we are faced with a dilemma. We're faced with a challenge. We're looking at an opportunity. Most of us, I would say, and I may be projecting because I'll just happily say, I don't have a good understanding of LinkedIn. And so I've reached out to you because you are the LinkedIn Jedi master for those of us in healthcare. And so I am really happy to have you here because I wanna unlock this treasure chest of information and opportunity. So thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you, I'm extremely flattered by that description and looking forward to diving into this topic.
0: So I pull up your LinkedIn account and it's got a gold box on it. I don't have a gold box on my LinkedIn account. What's the, talk us through just so we understand your background and your experience with LinkedIn, the gold box.
1: (laughs) Yes, um, frankly, um, I'll acknowledge I don't know what other people see, but um, the few things that I know I fall into the category of is that when I reached around 30,000 followers, I'm around 189,000 followers right now, LinkedIn offered me the follow button, which means that um, rather than connecting people will be directed to follow me, but there are ways to still connect with me. That's one thing too, is that I um, have been named an influencer as well as a top voice. And LinkedIn has their own metrics, which are a little bit opaque to me, but I do have a sense as to how to improve you know, people's effectiveness on LinkedIn. So I think uh, before we even get into all of that, there's always the people who end up being at a certain percentage on one part of the bell curve, but I think it's always important to individualize what you're looking for. So what I do versus what might be right for somebody else, those might be very different, but we can extract best practices that apply across the board.
0: We're going to definitely get into that level of granularity, but I want to start higher up. I want to just start with why was LinkedIn a place for you as a physician and as a physician leader the the, a spot for you to invest a lot of time and energy there are other platforms out there right there's obviously twitter and instagram and there's doximity for physicians and facebook there's a lot of places to really drill down and say this is where i want to make my my mark for you it's clearly been linkedin and for me i'm looking to understand why that is the case
1: yeah a great question Part of it is that LinkedIn uh, interfaces with a lot of different industries. So, as you mentioned, Doximity has very much a physician specific community. For me, LinkedIn was beneficial because it was expanding my community beyond physicians. At the time that I got active on it, I was leading stakeholder engagement for statewide reform of the Medicaid program. So I was interfacing with people from a lot of different backgrounds, and that was intentional. The other thing was that I was a state employee, so what I was able to do was more limited, and LinkedIn allowed me a little bit more flexibility because it was in my professional space as opposed to my public title, if that makes sense.
0: But that does make sense. So then for you, it was an opportunity to grow and be mission-driven with respect to what you foresaw your career looking like, if I'm hearing you right.
1: Both and. So I would say yes. Okay. It, uh, it was looking for towards the future. Where do I want to grow? Frankly, it was also a little bit pragmatic in the terms of I was very limited as to what emails I could send out for my official account. I had always been a little bit wary of Twitter, and frankly, I remain a little wary of Twitter even though I'm active on it. I I try to be much more circumspect because it's a little kind of the wild, wild west. Um, And LinkedIn was an opportunity to engage in a professional space that was a little bit less intense or fast, a little bit less of the wild west, and get my, I guess, personal brand out there in a way that was still within the bounds of what was allowed as a state official.
0: That term that you use, personal brand, I think that this is an important piece, and I'm glad that it surfaced early in this conversation, because that's one of the things that I was wondering about, is people want to go into these spaces and present themselves in the manner that they think looks the best, feels right, is mission-driven. On LinkedIn, it sounds like that's been a very clear and easy road for you.
1: Absolutely. Exactly. So, a really great framing. I think the benefits of LinkedIn are that you have a lot more space. You can write your bio. You can essentially put a CV up there with all your different uh, things that you've done, including the uh, granular detail of what projects you might have done, where you're volunteering. And then it... You have a little bit more control over what you put out there. It deb- depends a little bit less on the interaction, which is good and bad as compared to Twitter. And I know we're going to get into that a little bit more later.
0: <laughs> we certainly are. <laughs> now, for me, w- there's two barriers. Whenever I'm looking at one of these platforms, am I going to use it? Do I like it? Two things. Number one, door number one is it fun? Because this is all spare time stuff for the most part. You know, it's not something that when you're in the midst of your workday, you're going to be sitting down for a 90-minute LinkedIn session? And then number two, is it relatively easy to use? I want to start first with number one, that fun slash entertainment slash utility category because there needs to be some good mix. There's some utility for sure, but the rocket fuel for use and the thing that's going to come, the thing that's going to bring people back, the thing that's going to keep the bounce rate low is that it's fun. So what is that experience of fun like for you in this sort of LinkedIn ecosystem?
1: Yeah, oh that was question. such a
0: such a such a tech word ecosystem. Is ecosystem. Really that really a
1: tech word? Okay, if you say so.
0: <laughs> Someone's saying that it is and they're laughing at me for using it and I'll own it. All right,
1: all right. Well, you know, I'm a pediatrician. I just laugh a lot. So I'm not <laughs> laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. I appreciate
0: that. Thank you. <laughs> so
1: I would say that fun and risk are on a spectrum that are often on the opposite sides, right? So the more fun something is, probably the more risky it is. And the less risky it is, the less fun it is. Personally, I find LinkedIn very fun, but I'm at a point where I have a lot of relationships on it. I have a lot of activity and I'm a nerd. And so I love all the things that I learn, all the Harvard Business Review articles, all of the things that I learned from other industries that I wouldn't come across normally. So that I find a lot of fun. And frankly, I also enjoy seeing how other people think. We live very much in a silo and we have our um, echo chambers and some people might find it extremely frustrating to see how some executives think and their very business mentality. So that might not be fun for them at all. I would prefer to know how people think and how decisions are made, and I think that's a bit of a black box for a number of physicians. So being in spaces where people are posting, people who are executives, who are making multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar decisions, that to me is a lot of fun.
0: You just baited the hook really effectively, because that is a perspective that I had not A, thought of, and B, had the experience of, and it sounds super tasty. To be able to get that level of insight at the fingertip, that's is—that's a really compelling reason, and it does sound fun. It sounds really educational, and I like that. So let's get into the other piece then that for me is a barrier. Have you found it easy to use?
1: For the most part, yes. I would say at times it's a tad bit clunky, Uh, but overall, yes. I find what I like about LinkedIn is that I can walk away from it and I don't come back to bajillions of notifications. Although, I mean, at this point, given my level of interaction, there can be a lot. But if you walk away from Twitter for a day, and if you have said anything that could in any way be taken any way not the way you intended it, oh my God, right? You're in a rabbit hole, pile on. And like that. that's the part of Twitter that is not that fun and a little bit risky. Versus LinkedIn, I can more thoughtfully put out a longer piece rather than limited to the 140 characters. I am um, in a space where people are, are much more aware of what they're saying and they're, they're very aware of optics, which is used by executives, they are very aware of their own reputation. So likelihood that you're going to end up in a pile on is extremely low, at least in my experience there are many different levels of engagement. You can just like, you can reshare, you can add content. And this is parallel to Twitter. But in LinkedIn, I just find the pace is slower. So then I find that it makes it easier to use.
0: That's another really good way to bait the hook, because not just the piece about the mentions, and I think we've all been in that place where something happens and your mentions just get detonated. And, and there's a, there's a hashtag that I've put out a couple of times, hashtag farewell my mentions, just because <laughs> you're never going to dig out and you just kind of call it good and you move on. Also, the tempo is, is just furious and it's sometimes okay, but it's also, it's really stimulating. And you kind of look at Twitter for all, you're like, Oh, I need a break. I feel like I'm three espressos in. <laughs> what yeah. you're describing sounds like kind of a, that more cafe style discourse. Now, obviously we're still behind the screen but a little bit more of a slower tempo a little bit more of the opportunity to take your time and to not feel like you're kind of in a whirlwind
1: that's exactly right so you can have more control over the content you put out there the downside is it might be less fun and stimulating because there's not this adrenaline high of the you know intensity the ramp up that happens on twitter on the other hand, yes, it's a little bit more thoughtful whether you want to call it a cafe conversation or even more of a boardroom conversation.
0: Oh, nice. Yes, very good. But I don't have right, to wear a tie. I can I can I can still be in a t-shirt because they can't see me.
1: Absolutely. And you don't <laughs> even have to worry about just the top of you being dressed, right? It's like
0: <laughs> nobody
1: knows anything. Nobody
0: knows anything. I love it. LinkedIn, nobody knows anything. Um <laughs> So this is helping to break down a preconceived notion that I had about LinkedIn. I honestly thought, and this was just from my limited experience with it and my conversations with people who use it, is that it's just a way to do that sort of professional networking and headhunt slash get headhunted. It sounds like the reality is actually quite different, that it is still that very sociable and dynamic place to share ideas, to collaborate, to connect, not necessarily to recruit.
1: Again, both hands. So I would say that I have found out about two jobs that I ended up in through LinkedIn where somebody posted about it and I responded, uh, one of which ended up being a chief medical officer role. So it can be anything from moonlighting in a clinical situation or a pretty extensive administrative role. I also find that if you're looking to branch out of traditional medicine, maybe go into public health, go into policy, go into IT. Those people, those entities and institutions are posting a lot more on LinkedIn. LinkedIn has a formal tab for jobs specifically, and it is cited as one of the ways to get more information on jobs. In fact, I'm literally right now taking a class on how to coach other people on career transition. And LinkedIn was mentioned as a way to connect with other people.
0: Is a way to think about that jobs tab? Would that sort of be the classifieds?
1: Yes, that's a good way of thinking about it. That's actually how it was characterized in the coaching class. That so, you know you used to go to the classifieds and yeah. now you go to either LinkedIn or certain job boards. What I like about LinkedIn is that it's part of a platform that also has individuals on it, as opposed to like Indeed or some other job board where you just get the jobs. And it's kind of hard to filter through. So if you go to LinkedIn, let's say I'm looking at a job with the Massachusetts Department of Public Health. It has a job posted. It might take me to its website for the actual job application. Others allow you to do a quick apply right from LinkedIn and you don't have to put in a lot of information. But the benefit is that Massachusetts Department of Public Health has its own profile on LinkedIn. It posts regularly. It has people who are employed by LinkedIn, and by them rather, who are on LinkedIn. So I can click on that and I get everybody who works there. So one of the hacks to getting the job or breaking into the industry or the institution is to network. You wanna pre-wire, you want to show your interest. You know, you wanna come in through not the front door per se, maybe the side door. Um, and so if you connect with the people who are related to the job, that LinkedIn makes that very easy.
0: We had a really interesting conversation where I work around physician recruiting and also medical group staff recruitants the full array of professionals that helped to run a healthcare organization. And it was, where do we put those postings? Where is the right place for them to be? So here's, I think, probably one of the most important questions and I think a, a reason that a lot of people are going to listen to this episode. Is LinkedIn a place for healthcare and a lot specifically for physicians to go for jobs and recruiting?
1: Yes, I would say... Yes, given my own experience that sure. I responded to two different job postings. When I was in a position of hiring people, I can't say that LinkedIn was necessarily the place where I got the most traction. Because I think the thing is that the reason we're having this episode is a lot of clinicians are not on it. So I that's think th- that I it's, think
0: that's a really helpful point and I was gonna ask you. So your yeah. perception is that people in people on the physician cohort medical students, residents, fellows, physicians in clinical practice, the imprint of LinkedIn use is low, medium, or high from your perception as the JEDI master?
1: I would say overall low, especially those who are in private practice, those who don't necessarily have a reason to interact with folks outside of their particular space. Med students, I would say, or trainees, I think there's a higher percentage, so I'd say for them, it's more towards medium. Okay. And it may be that either they are more savvy about these things, they are more interested in different things. You find more and more people in med school or training, getting MD, MBAs, doing a you know, startup at the, on the side. So there may be reasons why they're in this space. So it's a little bit of familiarity with technology and social media, I think is a little bit of the profile of who's on there.
0: This, to me, sounds like an opportunity. This, to me, sounds like it's a great chance to get in there and plant a flag and to be an organization that has, we are looking for a hospitalist. We are looking for an intensivist. We are looking for a chief of operations. We are looking for et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. As people come there, you're going to be the first one that they see.
1: Right. So I think that it's, you know, again, sort of like if a tree falls in a forest and nobody is there to hear it. Did it ever make a sound? That's an
0: important point though, right? Absolutely.
1: So I would say that for straight clinical roles, I'm looking for a hospitalist. They That may not necessarily be the top place to look. I know that when I ended up with a hospitalist job, I had initially applied for more of a medical director job and then um, ended up saying, you know, I'll do weekends. And it was a straight clinical job, but my Entree into that was more of an administrative lens. So, if you're looking for a straight clinical uh, person, it may or may not be. I would say that it doesn't take a lot of time to make a, a post on LinkedIn. We have a shortage of qualified clinicians. I think cover all your bases. You should make sure that if this is a tool available to you, use it.
0: Use it. That's a really smart point. Uh, the point about putting all of your options in play, pulling all of your levers when you're in the job market, I think is really, really astute. It was funny when I said on Twitter, hey, I want to start looking around on LinkedIn. What do people think? Most of the replies that I got were get ready for a lot of financial advisors to reach out to you. And I thought that that was really funny. There it's are position recruiters it's out true. there though. They're They're in that space. They're looking. They're there. They're perfectly professional and diplomatic. I did not feel like it was... You know, just a whole bunch of people pinging me for no good reason. Those opportunities for are there. My experience is obviously very limited. I'm in a little canoe on the surface here, looking around, but they're they're there. And I think that if you are looking, I think your point is really smart. If you are looking for a new job, if you're looking to make that clinical career transition, you need to be in every space. And I will also add, I'm reasonably facile with this. I still don't have a good sense of. 21st century medicine and physician recruiting being in the social media space as adeptly and comprehensively as it should be?
1: I think it's a tough space. Frankly, I think we are dealing with a shortage. I think there are a lot of people leaving. There's a lot of different reasons why people look for a job. So I, I think it's a tough space to be in. I So in terms of looking for jobs, I'd say if you're the job seeker, go on LinkedIn, because there are opportunities. And to your point, there are recruiters. In particular, if you are considering things like locums, then you will find those folks, especially on LinkedIn. But you will also find people who are recruiting for more traditional full-time jobs, whether in private practice or in academia or in some setting. I'd say that if you are trying to recruit a physician... LinkedIn is probably not going to be your highest yield, but that doesn't mean that people aren't there, and so I wouldn't discount it. So, for both perspectives, I would say use it because it's another tool in your toolbox. I would just say that if you have a goal that you need to get like x number of people recruited and y amount of time, be realistic about how much is going to take to get to your goal.
0: I think that Somebody from LinkedIn is going to hear this and they're going to say, okay, we have a physician Jedi master saying we're not in an advanced position with respect to physician recruiting. Let's get there. So I would suggest that this is the right time to get into that if you're interested because that is going to grow, right? These companies are super smart. They know where their growth opportunities are. They also know who their people of influence are. You're one of them. You have the gold stamp on your LinkedIn account. This is going to move. And I would bet you in 24 to 36 months, it's going to look really different.
1: I think so. I think that to use your term of ecosystem, though, um, so my many my term, things...
0: ouch. <laughs> the
1: term, the term, not, <laughs> not owned by anybody. There you go. The term <laughs> of ecosystem. I mean, there are many moving parts. And so yeah. it really depends on the interaction. So interactions,
0: um, let's get into that. Because yeah, this yeah. is what I think will draw people there. This is what I think looking at Twitter is what makes it feel fun and satisfying and keeps you coming back is you do build this network and you do form professional connections and then you get to meet in real life and it it allows for really robust collaboration and learning and networking and all these fun things and friendship and and, and collegiality and it's really fun. How do we go about entering the LinkedIn space and creating that network. And I am asking from a position of when I look at the suggestions of who to follow, I'm looking for basics. What is the wh- what is the rhythm of it? What is the the sort of the 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 good manners of entering that space and and building a network and reaching out to people.
1: Great questions. So good manners is always relative, right? So I'm an extreme extrovert. I, am, I know for a fact that there are many people in this world who are just like, can she shut up already? <laughs> she posts too much. Um, why did she send me this? Now I'm obligated to respond to her. You know, I'm an extreme extrovert. I annoy introverts. That's just a reality. So I think- I'm just-
0: perfectly okay with that. I think extroversion is an asset. I like your LinkedIn feed, and I invited you on my podcast, so I'm grateful to you for being willing, able, and confident to share what you're good at.
1: Thank you. So I I think that for me, though, just even before we started the official recorded session, my approach to life is give somebody a chance to say yes, recognizing that I might hear a no or I might never hear back at all, and I'm okay with that. Um, I think that everybody curates their interactions in a different way. Um, in terms of you know, curating your, your, your um, group of connections and then your interactions, that is very, very different from Twitter. One of the benefits of LinkedIn is that, like I was mentioning, when you go look for a job, you can click on, like, let's say, Harvard Medical School, Massachusetts Department of Public Health. McKinsey, things like that, you can click on it and then you get to who works for them, what their posts are, you get different tabs. That is a great way to find your connections with authenticity. So one of the ways I get along with introverts, despite annoying them as an extrovert, is that I'm really big on authenticity. And that's part of the reason why, despite my high volume of posts, I the feedback that I get is that people follow me because one i'm connecting across different industries and ideas Um, and two is that the authenticity comes across so when you connect on linkedin if you both went to the same residency program you both worked at the same institution you maybe volunteer in the same space which linkedin creates little buckets for you because you can click on different logos and you can get everybody connected That's one way to have authentic connections and not have it just be garbage, not just be the financial advisor who sends you a connection request. The next thing they're pitching to you, right? So that's like what you should not do versus the authentic connection based on some shared experience or connection.
0: That point is key. We have your, your LinkedIn 10 most important tips and that's sort of nested in there. But I would really encourage people what you just described. That's the way to do it. For me, I have not been at that level, and I will share a a story that I I thought was funny. I hope it wasn't like a a huge no-no, is that when I was kind of just experimenting with how to do this, I was following people. I would get a suggested follow. I would press follow because it sounded cool. It was a hospitalist. It was a podcaster. It was a physician exec, something interesting, someone who went to UCLA, and then I would get more, and it's sort of this never-ending universe of people, so I pressed follow a lot, And I got a locked out message. LinkedIn said, that's enough for today. You need to cool it. And I thought that was kind of funny.
1: I've gotten that message too. So you're in good company if you consider me good company. Okay, good. All right. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) But so that's, you know, we're probably both extroverts, right? And we're both risk tolerant. We're both like, hey, you know what? you don't want to respond don't want to respond no that's big right. deal right i mean that's my attitude but there are some people who are just like why did this person obligate me to think about this and so you're going to come across so essentially when so there's follow versus connect and i think it parsing that out is important follow will not probably get you that message it was probably it might have been connections that you're being offered yes. And so if you keep connecting, then at some point when you say connect, when you're, when you're the receiving end, on the receiving end of the connection, it, you can sit, click yes and you can click no. When I get a connection request, again, I am an extrovert. I like having a lot, a, a wide network. I will usually go to the profile and be like, is this person doing something interesting? Do we have any shared experiences? What kind of things do they post? Who do they know? And if reasonably okay, I will click Accept even if I don't know the person, because I want that person as part of my network. People who are very like, risk-averse, and particularly executives who are very aware of the value of their network, often will be very careful about who they connect with, because once somebody connects to you, now they can connect to your connections. And so you don't want to be the source of spam. So, And that's where the financial advisors, I have started to realize that I never respond to them now because I know they're just trying to get into me to pitch and then get in through me to pitch to other people. And why would I do that to to anybody I'm connected to? Right. So I'm not going to accept a financial advisor connection, which is hard for me because I'm a pediatrician and I want to give everybody a sticker. But I'm just like, (laughs) you know, no, you get no stickers. No stickers. (laughs) Go away. (laughs) so um, so if you get the connection um, request and you say no then LinkedIn gives you another option saying I don't know this person so if you get a lot of people saying no and then I don't know this person then LinkedIn is like hey buddy cool it Um, you know you're you're connecting to a lot of people who say they don't know you So that's where you have to manage it a little bit. So some people have a strategy where every time they connect, they send a message and they personalize it in some way, Um, whether it's like, I saw we went to school together, I saw this, or they do the, I think we could be beneficial to each other. Although when somebody says that to me, I'm like, buddy, you just want- yeah. I don't like it either. I'm just like, okay, I don't know what benefit you're going to bring to me, yeah. but I know what benefit you expect from my connection. Yeah. So that's what we do.
0: Yeah. It's funny though, because in looking at the interface, LinkedIn wants us to press connect. It doesn't want us to press follow. And I say that because when you open up Umberine Nahal's account for the first time, the connect button is highlighted in blue and there's no follow button. You have to click more. And then there's the follow button and it's much smaller and it's great.
1: So I think it depends. Um, A lot of people who are not as savvy with LinkedIn, when I meet them socially and I don't have a card and I go to their LinkedIn, it's opposite. Actually, they get offered the follow button and then there are these three dots and you click on it and then you're offered connect. So... But I think maybe this gets at where the times when LinkedIn is a little bit clunky. I, I will acknowledge it's 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 extremely useful. At times, it is a bit clunky. Even even as an influencer, as a three times top voice, if I want to, ha- you know, download all of my posts because I actually do want to write a book on this. I, I'm planning to start a consulting service on this uh, to forced. help executives. I
0: think you should. And I want you know, it.
1: get up to speed. And so yes. I'm like, let me analyze myself, right? Where are my data, right? If, if I went to an EHR and I wanted to evaluate all the readmissions or, you know, amoxicillin prescriptions or whatever, I would just do a big download from the EHR and I would get the raw data. I'd create my big data and then I'd start analyzing. And I have not found LinkedIn to be super useful in that self-analysis, which I find unfortunately a little bit disappointing. Even though I love LinkedIn, obviously, and I've been successful on it, those are ways in which I find it a bit clunky.
0: I think, though, as well, what you described as on your account, specifically the follow button comes up first. My impression, and this is just purely from my experience kind of messing around on LinkedIn, is that that dynamic is for the Jedi apprentices and the Jedi masters, that for the rest of us that are just kind of learning how to use it and aren't at that same level that it's reversed. So I think that that's sort of when you get the, when you get that gold stamp and they give you the, you know, the platinum card, that's one of the (laughs) perks of membership. I might be wrong, but that's my impression.
1: So that's why I framed in the beginning about, you know, figure out what your brand, what your identity, what your goals are, what your usage is. Um, Yes. There's some best practices I can uh, offer, but So, you know, people are like, how did you get 189,000 followers? So frankly, I will acknowledge two things. One is that on every single platform I've ever been on, even like in my 20s when I had no like known professional brand, I have somehow communicated in a way that people want to listen or follow. So some of that is that, but that can still be broken down as to what is it that I do? The second thing that is just super cynical but a reality is that at the time that I focused on LinkedIn, I was leading statewide reform that brought in $1.8 billion in new funding from CMS. That's a lot of money. People want to go where the money is. I was not making final decisions, but I was curating the discussion around that, and so people. I suspect might have wanted to follow me as maybe some like insider knowledge as to what was going on type of thing. Like, ooh, what is she posting about? They probably were disappointed because I post about everything. So (laughs) (laughs) um, that's partly me, but actually it's also partly strategic. The other thing we haven't touched upon is that people talk about, well, if I go on LinkedIn, then people will think I'm looking for a job and then I'm gonna get fired or I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna get the worst schedule now because everybody thinks I'm leaving and I'm not engaged. Well, yes and no. If you are constantly active, then nobody ever knows when you're looking. So I recommend don't be too focused and only go on when you're looking because then you might as well just announce to your boss, hey, I'm gonna be leaving in a month. So, you know, don't do anything nice for me. Um, instead, stay constantly engaged. Um, you know, Have a authentic reason why you are engaging people what it means for you personally, what are you learning, who are you engaging with? Um, And one of the things I also want to make sure I bring up before, um, in case we forget, is that we hear a lot about he for she, we hear a lot about women needing sponsorship, Uh, you know, the idea of mentorship versus sponsorship um, versus coaching, where mentorship is somebody who has kind of tread that path and can advise you very closely and usually has a personal relationship, is invested in your growth. Sponsorship is a much lower investment, kind of like, hey, there's a store, I'm next to it, I'll open it for you, and I don't even ever have to talk to you again. And coaching is somebody who is usually trained to ask you questions so you answer them yourself and maybe from a different field. LinkedIn is amazing for sponsorship. And I find that a lot of men, white men in powerful positions, appreciate when somebody of any demographic says, hey... I'm interested, would you help me out with X? And you frame it in an elevator speech kind of simple way where all they have to do is open a door. I have had amazing success with that.
0: There's a lot to unpack in what you just said, so I wanna just go back through it to make sure that a couple of those high points that I was actually really looking forward to hearing from you about, we get to. What I heard is that it's important that if you're in the LinkedIn space, that you're interactive that you're sharing your own content, you're creating content and putting it out there, but you're also engaging with other people. And from my own experience, I think I can probably, if I wanted to have a meaningful LinkedIn imprint, be better at that. I've been putting my podcast up there and that's really about it. And I haven't been interacting all that much. I haven't been pressing like very much. I haven't been pressing share very much. I haven't been commenting very much. So, so let the, me
1: pause yeah. right there. Sure. Um, so you just parsed it out really nicely, like, comment, share, but you start off with original content. So those are levels, right? They are increasing levels of engagement and increasing levels of, of, um, effort and time and risk. I actually think that you don't have to put a lot of personal original content. Look at my feed. I put almost no original content. I have very few articles on there. Um, you know, I don't, invest that much time actually in LinkedIn. I mean, I'm on there a lot, but I don't invest time like, let me create this perfect, you know, you know, again, we started off in our pre-recording session. Don't let perfect. Be the enemy of the good. Don't allow perfect be the enemy of the good. Just interrupt. Liking is very low effort. Commenting is very low effort. You don't have to put on original content. Human beings love attention, even the introverts love attention, (laughs) especially when it's under their control, right? If they've already put it out there, everybody loves the interaction. Interact with other people, boost other people, amplify other people, and then people will start paying attention to you. And the other benefit of LinkedIn is that it actually, unlike Twitter, it allows you to edit what you've already posted. So not that you should be constantly editing, but I actually edit my posts all the time. I put it out there. And then I'm like, oh, let me add this hashtag. Oh, let me like connect this person in. Let let me tweak this um, sentence a little bit. Um, But yeah, so that I wouldn't allow, I I would lower the threshold for engagement by starting off with, and when I coach people on LinkedIn, this is what I exactly do. I say, what is your short term goal in the next two weeks that you can achieve? And I'm trying to move them towards saying that they can just like. And I like literally, I signed somebody I'm coaching to like. You just have to like one thing in the next two weeks because that's their like positive feedback loop. Okay, you achieved it. Good job. Gold star sticker. Move on.
0: <laughs> the sticker, I love it. That that is really helpful, and it, and it is appreciated. The other big thing that you said a moment ago too that I think is important to point out was that dynamic of if you're that perception of. If you're on LinkedIn, it means you're looking for a new job. What has been made very clear by you is that is not the point of LinkedIn. That was my perception. That's why I didn't go on LinkedIn for a long time. I'm not looking for a job. What's there for me? I don't care. You know, I'm happy where I am. I'm not interested in looking. I don't feel like getting a bunch of recruiting pings. I'm not going to bother. It's it's evident that there's a much richer ecosystem there. Darn it, I did it again. <laughs> There's a much richer place for physicians to come and hang out than just to say, here's my CV, can I get a job?
1: So, you know, Merriam-Webster is pretty soon going to like cite you in their definition of the word
0: ecosystem. <laughs> I'm going to own They're it. going okay. to
1: link to your podcast. Yeah,
0: No, I, I have friends who keep track of my little buzzwords that I say over and over again on the podcast. I'm sensitive mm-hmm. to it because they've been giving me a hard time about ecosystem. But that's okay. I'm going to own it and that's Okay.
1: Well, I would tell them that, you know, I actually don't agree that you get to own it because, I mean, <laughs> ecosystem is a really important word. Everybody's in it. So <laughs> I think right. it's a communal word. So I disagree with your friends. You're a superb
0: pediatrician. <laughs> I feel validated and I'm ready to I'm ready to proceed.
1: <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it's a public health word too. <laughs> That's so. right. That's right. Very, yeah, good. Yeah, Very so.
0: good. But But again, though, this idea that we can move away from LinkedIn equals classified ads to LinkedIn actually does have a lot to offer for physicians and healthcare professionals, because I think that that's been a lot of the uncertainty. It's been, how do I use it? What do I do? Do I Is it hard to create a profile? But a lot of it is, what is the perception of me as a user if I go on it? I don't want to get in trouble at work, or I just don't care because I'm not looking. There's much more there than just that.
1: There is. I think that when I look at Twitter and I look at LinkedIn, sometimes the stuff that I see on Twitter, particularly Med Twitter, I'm just like, "Wow, did they really just say that?" Do you understand that this is not the doctor's lounge? You cannot necessarily talk about certain subjects, particularly patients, in a certain way. Um, it makes me. And then I have gotten burned a couple of times when I've jumped into a conversation of doctors arguing. And you know how we are. We're just you know, we all turn into reviewer too and the scalpels come out <laughs> there's a lot of blood on the floor. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think in LinkedIn, you have to be aware of, um, <clears throat> I think you're automatically aware that there's a broader audience, which I think is a good thing. Um, I think that you can do a lot of listening on, on LinkedIn. You don't have to engage. You don't have to be that active. I would just say, like reshare, um, What I find is extremely successful is that I will see something that I maybe don't agree with or I agree with with a caveat. And I'll say exactly that, agree caveat, um, colon X, Y, Z. You do not want to ever be snarky on LinkedIn. There is, you know, some people on Med Twitter, literally in their, like the three lines that they're allowed, the really brief number of characters are allowed for their self-description, they literally put like snarkiness or snarks are my own. And that is just not a good look. And I would argue that on med Twitter, anybody who has that in their profile really should take it off because I don't know why you would want to be known for snarkiness, Um, including pediatricians, you know, uh, but there's a very different interaction. So on med Twitter, there are a lot of docs, you either get the doctor's lounge phenomenon, or you get the academic conference phenomenon, right? So the doctor's lounge phenomenon is we all want to complain this, that, whatever. And then lo and behold, a patient shows up and is like, that's disrespectful, because frankly, it is. Or there's the conference phenomenon, which is we all turn into reviewer two, and we want to outsnark each other. And there are these slap downs and just looking smart, also not a good look. But you know, it's sometimes it can be fun if it's done in you know good faith and good humor. LinkedIn is very different. The way executives interact is opposite to how docs interact. So they don't get into a complaint room and just like complain all the time. Nor do they do one-upmanship. They are very aware of optics. They are very aware of relationships. They are always like, you know, interacting in a way that creates positive feelings rather than competition. So if you're going to disagree on LinkedIn, which is I have successfully done, you want to do it in a respectful way, not a snarky way.
0: I think that that is a really useful place for people to know and to be conscious of context. And to not expect that all social media platforms are alike. And I, that level of sophistication that you're able to provide, I think is really, really important that LinkedIn does not equal Twitter, does not equal Instagram, does not equal Facebook. There are different guidelines, rules. It's a different community. And when you're coming in there new, it's good to take some time, listen, observe, look around and kind of get a sense of all of how that works. I think
1: generally, also just to interrupt, is that um, this is something that doctors need to improve across the board. When I was leading the $1.8 billion in new funding, reforming the program that provided, I think, you know, Medicaid that was like 40% of the population, 40% of the budget, 1.6 million people in Massachusetts, doctors frequently communicated in a way when they were at the table of power of decision making or decision informing they excluded themselves sometimes they literally got really annoyed about some tiny detail that was like they're like you know in reviewer 2 mentality leaving a huff or they get so down in the weeds and they are in that competition like i'm so smart mode that they get patted on the head effectively patted on the head and disregarded and then the big kids the you know the big boys and girls have a little conversation on the side and If doctors need to stay or care about staying relevant, we need to learn to communicate a little bit better. And I think LinkedIn is that opportunity.
0: That is a very compelling LinkedIn plug. If it's about learning how to do that, what you just described, I've seen happen more than once. It's actually come up on the podcast a couple of times and it is an opportunity for improvement. And I think it's a place where physicians especially can can be coached, can be mentored, can be sponsored, all of the things that you described. And it's definitely an opportunity for improvement. You have laid out much rich ground for us. And, and I do feel different about what LinkedIn looks like. And let's be clear, I'm not sponsored by LinkedIn to do this. This was purely curiosity. You're very good at LinkedIn. And this is why we reach out and collaborate so we can learn from people who are really good at things. That's what this conversation is about. And, and I really appreciate you sharing all of this stuff. Before we wrap up, though, I have to ask you a question. Sure. Speaking of collaboration, speaking of being linked in, were we in the same medical school class?
1: We couldn't have been in the same medical school class unless um, you went to medical school in Pakistan, um, which I'm pretty sure you didn't. But we might have overlapped your medical school and my residency because I think there's that Baylor connection.
0: That's what it was. And if I had looked more rigorously through your LinkedIn profile, I would have known that. But we were at Baylor at the same time.
1: That's correct. It's just too bad because, I mean, I would have totally loved to hang out with you. <laughs>
0: That's when you were – so you were doing your PEDS residency when I was a That's medical correct. student. Oh, That's my gosh. That's correct. So yeah, when I was yeah. a – when I was on my PEDS rotation at Texas Children's, we were, we probably went to the same conferences.
1: We probably did. Well, unless I was at ben top right, because it's so huge. Um, but, yes, I mean, we were probably at many – so you, you attended Feigen Rounds, which was amazing. Oh,
0: my gosh. Totally. Oh, yes. wow.
1: Feigen is like – is just, you know, he's amazing. That I just am so grateful. I did the Feigen elective. I followed him around for a month. Oh
0: my God. It was
1: honestly life changing. Yeah. And there are ty- whenever he's my benchmark, honestly, what him and my, I think my grandfather or grandparents are sort of, you know, when I'm like, am I on the right track? Would Feigen approve of what I'm doing? Am I living up to his investment in me? Wow. Like, that's, yeah, no. I mean, when you're a Feigen mentee, it is life changing. You are like anointed with like a mission, and it's like no longer a choice. You, like, you have got to deliver.
0: That is fantastic. Well, good. I- I also wanted to say, I also get
1: no, I actually pay my dues to LinkedIn, so I'm not getting any money from them either, just for full disclosure, there's no conflict of interest.
0: (laughs) And I appreciate you calling me out when I said, did we go to the same medical school? If I had spent more time perusing your LinkedIn feed in detail, I would have known that. And that's kind of fun. I will be honest, though, too. I like the mystery and the fun of just asking someone, because then they say, actually, no. And it's a little more sticky for me. But- that's that's still a good opportunity to, to get a better understanding of where people come from, who they are, what they're about. Um, Can
1: I add one more thing, though? Please. I would just say that you and I are similar, clearly. And so that's sticky for you, and we enjoy learning. But, right, I mean, I'm a pediatrician, so I love learning, and I will, you know, Roll with it. But there are going to be some people who are these huge egos and be like, how dare you not like, you know, read my dossier beforehand. So, but again, keeping that in mind right? that there are different people out there, the way you interact with the world may be different how the world, some people in the world want to be interacted with. And I mean, you know, you're not gonna make everybody happy. Um, Some people are not gonna like you. I mean, even if you're the most amazing person in the world, like as I think you and I probably would qualify
0: as.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But even then, there will be people who don't like you. And it's kind of like, not everybody likes puppies. In fact, I'm kind of puppy-like, but I actually like them from afar. I'm like, I love you without your saliva on my shoes.
0: That's not in your LinkedIn profile, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) No, I would lose followers. That's right. These are like, you know, so lovable.
0: (laughs) That's right. That's right. This has been fantastic. I I really (laughs) appreciate all this time. I think that it's going to help a lot of people reframe how we use this platform. I will see you out there. I'll probably see you on Twitter as well. But this is great. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show, and you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to Mark at ExploreTheSpaceShow.com.